For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Good evening. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by F.L. Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with... FL's Josh Miller. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan. And this evening, uh, we are going to talk about plumbing. Uh, Jeffrey this was Unger. This was really just an accident. Yeah, this it was. wasn't planned. Uh, we, we are actually going to talk about plumbing today, and we and we will actually talk about some of the flooding and, and ask Jeffrey Unger of Abe Cohen Plumbing and Heating uh, some preventative measures for those out there who, uh, who find themselves in a tough spot, and our thoughts are uh, with a lot of West Island residents in particular. Uh, very uh, trying day. We'll have those updates uh, uh, throughout the hour, of course. Uh, next update coming in uh, just about six minutes or so. And uh, with Jeffrey, we'll discuss uh, some of those preventative measures, but also get into the business of, of plumbing and uh, and how his business has expanded over the years. Absolutely, and it's a, and it's a business of transition because it's been around sixty years. So it's not Abe Cohen that's with, that's with us tonight. It's Jeffrey Unger. So we're going to hear about that uh, in addition to all the other fun stuff that uh, that people might think or not think about plumbing and heating. And uh, tax partner at FL, Nick Moretis, will discuss transition uh, for family businesses, and that'll be on the program later in the hour. But first, a look at some entrepreneurial news and notes and questions. And uh, let's begin with one question that I thought I'd uh, take the time to ask you, Josh, on behalf of a lot of uh, business owners on, on the West Island. So it's very tricky for residents and homeowners, of course, but a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves um, out of commission for extended periods of time, either because they're dealing with the stuff at home, or maybe if they're you know on Pierrefond Boulevard or St. John's uh, up north there, uh, they could be underwater as well with their businesses. So what advice would you give to those um, who need to sort of sh- shut down completely for a period of a, a week, uh, two weeks, to deal with emergency situations, and should the average entrepreneur prepare for everything, every eventuality, flood, earthquake, everything, and and have you know maybe a, a fund set up uh, in case of emergencies? So, Dan, I, I think there's there might not be one answer fits all because it kind of depends on your business. Are you are you selling product? Or is it services? Are you capital intensive, labor intensive? Uh, that being said, I think. We should maybe focus on the preventative measures because if you're already in it now, uh, you know you're, you're you're already pretty much dealing with the disaster on the fly. I think it's all about thinking ahead and planning ahead, not necessarily you know putting dollars in a kitty because your business might not be able to afford that, but certainly create some type of disaster recovery 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 plan. Whether it's an earthquake, which we don't really see too much around here, whether it's a flood, which we haven't seen too much either, but you never know what happens, or whether it's a, a major theft or, or a power failure outage, who knows what. But there are absolutely, I think it's always a good idea to have some type of basic disaster recovery plan. What does that mean? It probably means uh, it means many things to different businesses, but there's no doubt communication's got to be at the top of the list. When you are not in business where something has happened, how do you get in touch with your people? How do you get in touch with your clients, your customers, your suppliers? And what do you do from a public relations standpoint? If you're, you know, retail, you're in the media, then, then, then what do you do? So communication certainly plays a big role in trying to figure out how you stay in touch with people, not kind of scurry after the fact. If you have people, if you're 30, 40, 50, 60 employees, and they don't know what to do in any given situation, how do you reach them? How do you make sure that they're okay? So there is definitely a responsibility factor from that. In addition to that, well, then you can look at data. You know, is your data secure? Have you done your, like a lot of things that we do today are basically through the computer, of course, 
and there's a lot of data, there's a lot of information out there held on servers, whether it's in the cloud or, or if it's in your own premises and things blow up, so to speak, then do you have the right backups? So backup, backups are huge from a data standpoint, uh, from a security standpoint. Don't forget to test your backups because often people say, yeah, it's getting backed up every day, every week, but they never go back to test to make sure it's actually working. So I would do that. I would do that at the best of times. I mean, you hear all this ransomware and people holding uh, data for, for ransom, so do that. Then, then there's other areas. Then there's, well, if something truly bad happens and you need physical space, do you have an idea of where to go? Maybe you should kind of have that backup location that you can get up and running the next day. You know, and then there's there's all the human resource aspects. You know, do you keep continue to pay your people? Is that continue to set up all your banking? So there's there's many things that can be addressed, but it's the planning ahead that I think is really important. And it takes a disaster like this for people to kind of open their eyes and say, maybe I do I don't need a 50 page disaster recovery plan, but at least some things down and to and to put certain people in responsible. You have a management team, identify areas, make them responsible for for certain aspects if things go wrong. In terms of sort of uh, communicating to maybe that some of the tougher customers that they can't get service for a period of you know x number of days, what kind of wording would you use? You know, I, I would say maybe make it a little bit more personal. You know, throw in something like you know we, we have got to tend to our families and our our homes. Uh, well, something I, like I that. think I think it, there's there's very much a balance between displaying the personal side, displaying the vulnerable side, but also having your clients, customers, confident that. You haven't forgot about them, that their information is secure, that you're still going to be in business, that you're still there to give them whatever service or product that you need if it truly is important to them. I think the the balancing the compassion with the credibility is is huge. And, and of course, every business is is different and depends on, you know, if you're a lifeline and people are depending on you and your your secure network, if an elderly, you know, falls down and well, that's something different than if you happen to be selling plastic cups and you just kind of run out or they burn to the ground. Okay, it's not not the end of the world. So I think it varies on your business, but certainly a balance between uh, the compassion side. So people understand that you're, you're doing your best you can with the situation, as well as, hey, this is how we're addressing it. This is how we're staying credible. This is how we're going to get our product or service to you. It's important to you. So a fine balance between the two. And of course, again, it depends on the industry, the product or service that you're that you're doing. So uh, I, may, I make a general statement, kind of a blanket, but you very much have to look at, at who you're dealing with, your customer base, your suppliers. Maybe your disaster is your supplier, your sole supplier has burned to the ground. What do you do then? It's not even you. So there's, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket or, or making sure that there's other alternatives. I think that's huge for any business and any any entrepreneur that's in business must think about that. And if you don't, you're just waiting till till the crap hits the fan. And just a bonus PR angle I'll throw in there. Get your people, your employees, your families involved in the relief efforts. You know, it's it's cynical in a way, but it can provide, you know, a little bonus boost of marketing in a sense, uh, you know, on the field marketing uh, when you're going through tough times. Um, coming up, we will talk to Jeffrey Unger of Abe Cohen Plumbing and Heating. Uh, he'll start by talking about some preventative measures uh, if you are in those kinds of situations and how to be best protect your home against flooding. And then we'll get into the profile, of course, and talk about transition later in the program. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 
Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar, along with FL's Josh Miller. And this evening, we're going to chat with Jeffrey Unger of Abe Cohen Plumbing and Heating. Jeffrey, welcome to CJD. Thank you for having me. Thanks for stopping by. So first, uh, easiest question, tell us about Abe Cohen Plumbing and Heating. Well, Abe Cohen Plumbing is a three-generation full-service plumbing and heating company. We have a dedicated team of servicemen who specialize in service and renovation work, which wasn't always the case. When we started off 40 years ago, we were doing apartment buildings and new homes. And every time we did one, we got a new customer for their home, eventually their businesses too. Mm-hmm. And we sort of morphed into a service business. And lately, you're, some of your team have been busy on the West Island, uh, you were telling me earlier. Well, we had some uh, servicemen were actually sandbagging yesterday in the flood. Hmm. That's great. So uh, looking back uh, on, on your career in this business, uh, have you seen anything comparable, uh, the, 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 the number of homes affected by something like this? Well, in 1987, we had a major flood, but it differed because that was a city sewer backup as opposed to a riverbank overflowing. So it was a different nature of flood, and it was a very short duration. Hmm. So very little to do uh, preventative-wise for homeowners on the West Island, I guess, who, who are near near water? Just sandbagging, and hopefully if you have pumps that can keep up with the water that goes through the sandbags, you have a chance. Hmm. We'll have another update at the half hour, by the way, Josh. Excellent. Thank you. Now... Do you, this is, you know, this is Abe Cohen Plumbing and Heating. Your name is not Abe. It's not Cohen. But you are related. Like, how did you get into this business? When I was 21 years old, I was actually working in the needle trade. And Abe was looking for someone as his business was starting to grow. And as I was going to go out on my own in the needle trade, he made me an offer to come into his business and give it a try at least. Was that, I mean, that must have been a little scary, like going from needle trade to, to, to plumbing. But what did you know about that business? I knew nothing about plumbing, but I was always mechanically inclined. And was there, uh, you know, in, different influences or you always wanted to own your own business one day or be an entrepreneur? Is that, is that what really kind of pushed you into that? that I area? didn't want to spend my whole life working for somebody else. So then it's a good thing that we went into that. Uh, when we come back after the break, we'll talk a little bit more about that family transition, getting along with, you know, with your parents and the team, uh, as well as certainly so many other things uh, in the plumbing business. Jeffrey Unger of Abe Cohen Plumbing and Heating, our guest this evening on Today's Entrepreneur. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. This evening, we're chatting with Jeffrey Unger of Abe Cohen Plumbing and Heating. And Josh, another example of a family business uh, that had uh, to go through a transition. We'll talk about that later this hour as well. And of course, starting from the ground up, because uh, as Abe mentioned, before, as, as excuse me, as Jeffrey mentioned before, but when he started Abe Cohen Plumbing, it was... He was coming from the needle trade. So when you're first getting into the business and you're trying to learn it, what were the first things that you were that you were doing when you first got in there to know that business? The first task was purchasing inventory for our construction sites. So that's how I learned the parts, the materials we used. And whenever we had emergency work on the weekend, I always tried to go out with our plumbers to learn the business. Did you find yourself putting in a lot more hours at the beginning? Not that you're not putting in hours now, but at the beginning trying to learn that business. I was working a minimum of 80 hours a week. This was for many years. No question. Listen, it takes, it takes uh, a, a, lot, a lot to learn. How many, uh, how many people are at Abe Cohen Plumbing now? We have 10 service trucks on the road, plus our inside staff. So about 15, 20 people, give or take? It's more like 15. When you first started, were there, was it a similar number of people or was it much, much less? We had three service trucks, but we had a good number of construction workers who went directly to the job 
but they were not doing service. It was only new home construction and buildings. Did you find, because Abe is your father-in-law, I believe I believe that's what you told us, did you find it was a good learning environment? Was, was Were the people there, whether it was Abe or some of the other people that had been there a while, did they take the time and 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 train you? Did you have to prove yourself at the beginning? What was what was that experience like from the get-go? It was very difficult at the beginning. The plumbers didn't respect me and thought me that I was there on an entitlement. And got about a good year or so till I worked my way into the graces, the good, the good graces of these people. And with Abe's help and guidance, I learned. Now, what is your management style like? How do how do you today? as, you know, I guess, helping or running the company. What's your style with your team today? It's very passive. Uh, we have a good team of uh, people. Uh, we have to manage our employees and keep them happy as much as our customers today. No question. So do you, do you meet with them a lot? Like, are you, is it, is it kind of you're collaborating together or is it really just a job after job after job or is it a little bit more than that? Like your relationship with the, with the people that work there? Basically, the servicemen come in the morning to the office and that's when we discuss the previous day and the current day and any problems that might be on a job. And sometimes it's assistance from the office, sometimes it's from other servicemen. And then they go out and they do their thing. And then it's only phone conversations. We're chatting with Jeffrey Unger of Abe Cohen Plumbing and Heating. Uh, more in just a second. We'll talk about family transitions and uh, businesses as well coming up on the program. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, presented by F.L. Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with F.L.'s Josh Miller. And this evening, we're chatting with Jeffrey Unger of Abe Cohen Plumbing and Heating. You've probably seen their trucks on the road uh, in uh, the western part of Montreal. And uh, Jeffrey, uh, we'll talk about transition in a little bit as well. Um, but first, uh, do you do any marketing? How do you get your name out there, and how do you develop new business? Basically, our marketing has been shifted to the web, and that website, a huge website, which offers a lot of... That's something that you, you know, I guess what I'm looking, what I'm looking to ask is, did you expect that? Is that something that you went towards uh, on purpose? Did you realize that that you were going to get such more, or can I say more inquiries through a website versus, I guess, the old yellow pages? Well, basically, I was being... And you basically took his advice. <laughs> and it was good advice. <laughs> Clearly. So now that you're, now that people are finding you, I, I know that, you know, they just want people when people are looking for plumbers or, or heating specialists and, and me included, I guess I if it's a big enough job, you have to quote on it before you actually start doing the job. How has the quoting process transformed or evolved over the years? I would imagine because you've been around for almost 40 years uh, and the, the business has been around 60 years, almost 60 years. Has, has that quoting process transformed? Are you a little bit more uh, electronic or computerized with that, or is it still very time-consuming? It still requires a process, so it's still very personalized, where you're delivered a set of plans electronically. Does that mean you also have to build into your pricing model, the, the home visits, or the time it takes? Well, this is part of our general overhead, but we try to our quotes to more substantial. you find that it's a it's a process to educate the customer? Do you know that do people uh, expect to pay a certain amount and, and how do you sort of uh, make them aware of uh, of the cost of some of these these services? 
find today's customers are better educated than years past, and they actually slowly leak out to you what they know while you're telling it to them. Mm. Now, now that it certainly requires a good team around you to have some patience with the customers and have certainly a knowledge base. Do you find it hard to locate or to to find good people? Well, yes, it is very difficult to find good servicemen today. Very difficult task to be a, a, a qualified plumber and yet be of good enough character and personable enough to deal with the client. So is that some of your traits? It's not just about the, the, the specific plumbing knowledge, but the character aspect plays a large part in the people that you would look to hire? Absolutely. And I guess over the years, and you, you've you probably had a fairly stable team, where do you find, like, are trade schools good to go after? Trade schools give you first-year apprentices and apprenticeship, four full years of apprenticeship, and even then you're still quite green. And of course, there's no guarantee that they stay. They learn from you, and who knows what they do afterwards. Well, also the thing is is that you have to have steady work for apprentices. There's no problem to provide steady work, but not every job is a two-man job. The consistency they need, and they find somewhere else, even if it's for short term. Now, I know we were speaking uh, a lot about transition, you know, from your father-in-law to you. Uh, there's also, I believe, there's a, there's another partner in the business. Uh, there was there was one of the employees that bought in over yes. the years? Yes, our partner, Michael, bought in after a smart guy, and uh, he's a good addition to the company. Have you ever been approached to sell the company? Yes, on more than one the motive that I found was not really, I, I guess, I guess on that, that more than one occasion and Dan, you know, we, we've spoken with various entrepreneurs, uh, over time talking about selling their business and getting approached. There's no doubt that you kind of have to be wary sometimes when somebody's going to approach you to buy you and what the real reasons are. You know, you can have that, that non-disclosure, that NDA, that, you know, that all the information is private, but if it leads to them knowing your people, you, you never know, uh, you never know what could happen. So, does that mean, uh, Jeffrey, that you're, you're, you're really, you're, you're careful. If somebody's going to approach you, you've taken the steps to be a little bit more careful over the years? Yes, but we've never reached a point where we had to disclose figures. It never that far once I found out their motives. I'm sort of reluctant anyways because I have my son in the business. How do you, now that he's in, now that he's starting in the business, how are you training him? Like, what are your, what do you want to see from him? Is he also going to start from the ground up like you? Is Do you see that as valuable learning and lessons is to either be on the road or be part of that purchasing like when you started? No, I felt that uh, I had to fight my way up and I felt the better as an apprentice, work with a plumber, and learn the inside after. Oh, okay. Uh, very different from because uh, you started more on the inside and never got to, the, I guess, to be on the road, so to speak. The exact opposite. The exact opposite. Yes. Now, the, the, have, you ever, have you ever had to say no to a customer? Yes. Like what? Well, uh, we had a call from somebody one time, a baby alligator down their toilet. <laughs> and I, I thought it was a, a hoax, from maybe from a radio station or something. We declined to do the call. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, guess, I guess you can get some, some interesting calls uh, in that respect on, on what gets flushed down the toilet. Mm -hmm. uh, very interesting. So when you're, when, what, what is the next steps? Like where do you see Abe Cohen plumbing in the next 60 years or maybe at least five years? Do you see it more expanding? Do you see it staying local? Do you see it a little bit more improved on the, the computerized end? Where do you, where do you see it heading? I don't see a local business. Uh, we give a very patronic part of it or the technology. My son is pushing us right now, as a matter of fact, to watching and building on tablets I'm not sure we're there yet, but uh, it's in it's it's a creation. Technology is certainly coming, and uh, you, you you can't ignore it. 
Coming up, uh, we'll chat uh, with Nick Moreta's tax partner on uh, transitions. Uh, so how to pass over a family business, that t- family business to the next generation that is on the way. And a little later in the program, we'll have Jeffrey's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL's Josh Miller with you. We'll have uh, Jeffrey Unger along again and shortly with his one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur. Uh, but first, Nick Moretis is here, tax partner at FL, to talk about uh, transitions in family businesses. Welcome back, Nick. Hi. Thank you for coming. And for me Dan, coming. you know, the, Dan, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we've spoken a lot on the show about, you know, income splitting and corporate structures and family trusts and, and all that jazz, all that, that fun stuff that can keep more, more dollars in the pockets of entrepreneurs versus the government. But I know that there's budgets that have come out and Nick is just itching to, you know, scare the living bejesus out of all of us. Uh, Nick, what have you read lately that uh, might not work so well from all this great tax planning? Well, to, to stay with the gloom of the day and the flooding that's going on, and people in our office are affected as well, so we're all uh, hoping everything comes out okay. Uh, back in the budget, the federal budget of April, um, there was a salvo issued by the uh, finance minister that they're looking at the use of private corporations, what Canadians have been doing with them. And specifically, uh, they're looking at the income splitting that we tend to try to use corporations for. Um, they're looking at um, corporations and, and, and the use of corporations for earning investment income. And they're using, uh, they're looking at um, the, uh, converting dividends to capital gains using private corporations. Um, some of this, uh, the, the reason for it is to be a fair system for the middle class, because that is the, the liberal uh, mantra. Uh, but they're looking at uh, corporations that uh, are used by entrepreneurs, and entrepreneurs are not just the 1%. They could be people who are just starting out. And one of some of the basic core planning that we've been doing now for the last uh, 40, 50 years since the new tax regime came in is, say, income splitting. So if you're in, and you're in a business and you want your spouse to, be, to share in, in the income of the, of the business, you're going to bring him or her in either as a worker because they're, they're participating in it or as a shareholder and they can receive dividends. And you would be doing the same with the children as well, either as a worker or you bring him in as a, as a shareholder. And I guess that's gotten the ire of the government now because that is, uh, you know, that's one of the first things we do when we look at income splitting. If someone is making uh, X dollars, well, how can I spread that around the family from this business? It is, after all, the, everybody's using this money. It's everybody's wealth, and you know, everybody should get that, their fair share. That's right. And but now the government is basically looking at this and saying, well, wait a second. Now there's a whole bunch of rules already existing that say, well, we won't let you income split in this situation, and I will let you income split in that. And many times you run afoul of those rules. But now we're looking at the one that is uh, like in uh, Abe Cohen um, plumbing. If it if you're owning if you're held by trusts uh, to have families involved, they seem to be upset now that we will be able to divert dividend income to the trust and it gets paid to your major children and to your spouse and and have them enjoy a, perhaps a lower tax rate than yours. So now they're questioning that. Um, the other thing that comes in with this splitting of income is the use of the capital gains deduction that we've talked about a lot. Um, an entrepreneur who sells the shares of his corporation is allowed. I think it's eight hundred and thirty some thousand dollars of an exemption in twenty seventeen. So the first eight hundred and thirty thousand of a capital gain, you're not paying tax on it. 
but there's but every shareholder of that company is entitled to that. So if you were the only shareholder, you got one times that eight hundred thousand. But what if your spouse was a shareholder with you? Well, there's two times. And what if a child who once they turn eighteen becomes a shareholder? Well, there's three times. What if a child who's not eighteen technically could be four? And um, many times we talk about use of trust. That's one of the goals behind it is to be able to take that trust and take how many members of the family there is, and that should be able to get your capital gains exemption. All, all these things, all these things that, like you say, are normal planning techniques that we've are done now under years, under the magnifying are, are glass na- are now at risk. So that uh, more on that plus transition in a second with Nick Moretis on today's Entrepreneur. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. In moments on today's Entrepreneur, we'll have uh, Jeffrey Unger's one piece of advice for today's Entrepreneur in a second. But first, Nick uh, Moretis, tax partner at FL. Uh, final thoughts on uh, income splitting, on transition, and uh, more complications coming. I guess all we can say is that if you are in the process of changing or modifying your current structure, you have to keep this in mind. Speak to your advisor. Do you hold your breath and wait a few more months to see what the law comes out? Or do you proceed on ahead and, 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 and run with it? So for those that, that are in those situations, if you are paying a spouse dividends or a salary- If you're already into it, you, you will continue. It's more it's more for the, per, the person who is planning to do this because they've heard it before. Well, do you do it now? Do you wait a while? Or that's that's where the question comes in to speak to your advisors. Yeah, look at look, the, the crystal ball still a little foggy, that's right. but, uh, that's but right. they're, they're certainly looking at it. As we approach the last moments of the show, as we do every week, uh, we'll turn to our guest, Jeffrey Unger from Abe Cohen Plumbing and Heating, and ask you, Jeffrey, what would be your piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? Well, my one piece of advice is actually to part yourself with the best people that you can find is, is that your word is your bond. Always you say you will. Excellent. Uh, two very important things for every entrepreneur. Uh, Dan, uh, you know, uh, as, as I kind of listen to the show every week and kind of have a little takeaway, uh, I, I will say when, when you're starting into a business and you're starting into a family business, there is that. There, there are others that think you have, you, you have that sense of entitlement. They won't necessarily listen to you. They might not give you the credibility that you deserve. If you're starting into a family business, my suggestion to that individual, that daughter, that son, that whoever that is, is try to earn your credibility. Really try and put in. Don't, don't have that sense of entitlement. You'll find it'll go a long way if you have a little bit of humility and understand that you, you really do need to, to learn that business quite a bit. So I, I think that's, the, that's the, the one little thing that I'll glean from our conversation this evening. And Jeffrey certainly did that. Jeffrey Unger of Abe Cohen Plumbing and Heating, thanks so much for joining us this evening and uh, best of luck. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Nick Moretis as well. Next week on the program, uh, Josh, we're F- going to talk fix about... Fix Me Stick. Yeah, fix Me Stick. Interesting. Okay. What is the Fix Me Stick? Fix Me Stick, uh, a little uh, kind of a USB key device that goes oh, into right. your computer laptop and uh, cleans it. All right. Next Monday at 7, past episodes at flmontreal.com. Have a great evening. <laughs>